Bet365 sponsors our podcast and features over 300,000 sporting events on their betting app. It's got everything you'll ever need to bet on sport. Did you know that you can create personalised bets with Bet365? So if you fancy Leicester to beat Chelsea and Iganacho to score for a third game in a row, Bet365's Bet Builder lets you calculate the odds for any game. It's right there in your hands. Bet365 is the world's favourite online sport betting company. The app can be downloaded from Google Play and also the Apple App Store. Over 18s only, please, and please gamble responsibly. Thomas, we've already spoke in depth about your time at Aston Villa, but there'll be a lot of Villa fans that don't really know what you do now. So do you want to just talk a little bit about what it is you're doing at Stuttgart, now your old club? Uh, well, it's an interesting role indeed. Um, I, I got promoted almost three months ago. Uh, I'm now the, the, the first and only CEO at, at Stuttgart, which is a, a really interesting role because uh, I could never foresee that. It, it wasn't a dream a few years ago, but it came up. And um, I have to admit, it's a, it's a great... Uh, opportunity for me um, because as much as I love football uh, I love Stuttgart as a club and, and I think you know we've, we've been struggling for several years and, and I just want to help the club get him back to the top to the Bundesliga and, and overall become a club that people love going to. Because obviously it's a club that you've got a great affinity with. To, to us in England that that it seems weird that like a former player would be chief executive because it, it's not something that's really ever happened in, in our country at all. But can you just talk about the hierarchy a little, a little bit and how the German ownership model works? It's, it's a bit complicated because I think almost every club is run slightly differently. And uh, But I think most people understand what a chief executive does. Uh, as you said, it's, it's, it's not common that former players uh, take on that role. But I just talked to supervisory board when it came up and, and I said look uh, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to do this and, and I had we had two meetings and I, I wanted to show the, to them uh, what my ideas were what, what the vision is that I have for the club uh, where I want to take the club to uh, I think there was eight or nine other people who were applying for the job and, and the fact that they've said to me that they really believe that I can do this was a great compliment and, yeah. and huge task for me of course but um, CEO basically is running the football operations uh, in total for, for Stuttgart uh, and also not just the football but in my department is strategy you know sort of having a strategy where we're going to go in the future and how we're going to do it uh, plus communication and media uh, those are three departments that I oversee I've got two colleagues on the board uh, one's in charge of finance and the other one's in charge of marketing so the three of us basically the board they run uh, the club uh, now we've got a president who sort of oversees uh, everything outside of football plus um, you know sort of taking care of, of the members we've got over 70,000 members uh, you know and, and still they have a, an important role at the club basically the, the president and I uh, we are in charge of the club and, and have to make sure that we're getting back to winning ways and become a, a club that people love going to. You talk about there being like eight, eight or nine people that, that would have applied for the job what would the mix of people been like and what do you think like sets you apart from, from the people that would have applied? Um, I wasn't told you know who they were uh, it is kind of all gone secret and, and sort of behind the scenes because uh, this is something that supervisory board didn't want to talk about in public who they were interviewing um, some names came out in the end uh, I, I just thought because it wasn't something that uh, people pointed at me it's like I should do it some colleagues I work with they, they thought they came up to me like why don't you apply for it why don't you go there and I said uh, it's, it's a big role am I ready for this and eventually I thought because I asked people to to 
to take brave decisions in life and and I've done that myself a few times yeah. and, and and it was it was great it was a very good experience and I thought this is a, a big big job and if I ask other people to be brave then I've got to be a, a role model and I have to do this and I thought this was a brave step and I convinced them and and to be perfectly honest this is probably the biggest achievement in my professional career um, post football of course yeah. uh, and and I'm so pleased but also every day I I, I feel the pressure that's on there but I, I really enjoyed You've had quite a few promotions, haven't you, Thomas, at this club? I mean, can you just talk us through your progression? I mean, it, it seems quite quick from the outside. Uh, well, that's true. Um, Post-career, I, I started, you know, getting some experience in media. Uh, that went down quite well. Uh, I, I worked in Germany. I worked in the States. And, and that was a very good experience because that's very important in, in my, my role today because everything is so public. I, I sort of understand how the media works. Uh, that was a, a great experience. Uh, and and Stuttgart gave me a call when they got relegated three years ago, three and a half years ago, and, and they said, you know, we want you back, you know, you played for us and we really like you as a guy and we think you can help us get it back up again um, and you've got the expertise. So I went back to Stuttgart, kept the media role going a little bit and, and sort of advised the, the sporting director at the time. Uh, so I stayed with the club. Eventually somebody said, I need more responsibility moved up to the academy director, uh, ran the academy for a year, which again was, was a valuable experience because for the first time you take that responsibility, you've got to give the academy an idea, and then moved up to sporting director and eventually ended up in this role. So it happened within two, two and a half years, very quickly. Um, and I'm extremely lucky that I, I've done that. Uh, but like I said, I've got to learn quickly, otherwise, you know, I'll be history soon. What parts of your job that do you particularly enjoy then? Are there any aspects that you, that you don't like so much or that you dread? What I like the most is, and that's why I sort of said I, I want to become the CEO, is because I, I have a feeling that the club, because we've, we've not been performing at the level we're supposed to over, the, over recent years, uh, it's not only down to the football inside. The club's got other things to improve on. You know, you've got to look at the whole picture. Uh, and the notion that the club goes back to where it used to be, um, you know, one of the top clubs in Germany, that really has is, is driven me on uh, to take on that role. And, and I really enjoy that. But you've got to look at like leadership nowadays, you know, not, not just do we sign another player, you know, uh, how do we train, getting into the detail of football, because that's still the most important part of it. But is how do you run an organization? And I was just keen on learning about how to run and transform an organization, a football club that we are. Uh, with 250 up to 300 people who work for, for Stuttgart, such a huge club, great tradition, uh, as a big goal, and, and that's what's uh, uh, you know, motivated me to do this, not just like, okay, am I a good sporting director? Can I sign talents who then become on great players and we make a lot of money? It's more than that that I really wanted to achieve because I think you know, I'm, I'm interested in more than just football. However, I've realized we've got to win, otherwise we're in trouble. What's it like? What's the difference sitting there now as, as the chief executive of, of Stuttgart compared to what it was like playing? What, what the, obviously, the, the, there's pressures, but do you feel more pressure as a player or do you feel more pressure now as the chief executive? Uh, it's not easy to answer because I, I felt the pressure as a player, um, but only on a match day. You know, it, it's so intense for 90 minutes when you're actually on the pitch and, and you think it's, it's tough, and, but when you win, the following week is great. You seem like, you know, you're, you're great, everybody loves you until the next game. Uh, right now, every day is 
more intense because you know that if team's winning everybody gets into the office with a smile on their face but then you could have somebody knocking on your door in the morning saying i'm not happy here you know I'm, i've got the wrong role somebody's been back to me so so you've got every day there is um is is more intense on average than as a football player but you don't have that intensity on a match day uh, it's still you know i'm watching up there i'm sort of nervous a little bit uh, but it's not as intense as, as the players have it on on, the, on a match day you the first ever player to do chief executive in, in Germany to be a chief executive I think Bayern I know of Bayern Karl-Heinz Rummenigge he was he was the, or still is the chief executive and Oliver Kahn will take over I think next year but it's it's rare it's rare and that's why sometimes I think you know this is what I've done here uh, but the fact that the club said they believe in me they, they trust in my ability to do it is a huge compliment uh, but I feel the uh, uh, the expectancy there from the people people seem to be happy with the decision at first, but like I said, I've got to deliver, we've got to deliver, and that's the ambition. Can you talk us through the first managerial change that you had to implement, and how difficult was it to sack Tim previously? Uh, if I just go back to the, to, the, to the recent one, Tim Walter, we signed him in the summer, and we had a clear idea of what we wanted. We wanted to, to go for a manager who, who concentrates on his own team, on, on having possession, to play out the back. So possession was like the most important thing, because my idea was if we have possession, we control games, we, we are more likely to win, because we, I do believe in the strength of the squad and a manager you know keeps working his own squad it's less looking at other teams what's happening around us it's it, it's about us it's about every individual player so we signed him in the summer and we were very keen to stay with him for a long time uh, but then we, we we came to realize in, in the winter after the game against Hanover in late in December that you know, we analysed the first 18 games and we asked the manager how he saw it when he looks back and, and how we want to go into the second half of the season. And, and we came to realise, you know, there's a big difference in, in, in how we see what we've achieved so far and how we're going to go into the second half of the season. Um, and, and, and it became, you know, we came to the conclusion that we don't believe necessarily that we will get promoted and we're going to work uh, together long term. Uh, and, and that wasn't easy because... You know, we have that history of sacking managers very often uh, and I wanted to be different. I, I try to sign one and stick with them for a long time. But overall, we have to see the, the importance of getting promoted is so big that uh, it's less about individuals. It's, it's all about the club's success. Uh, and that's why we had to sack him. Uh, it was tough. I have to admit Christmas was probably the worst Christmas in my life. I didn't enjoy celebrating New Year. Um, but when we um, found Reno, when we talked to him and, and, and we all agreed that we want to have him as our new manager, I, I you know, started to pick myself up again and say, okay, I really believe we, we can be successful. But I've had a couple, uh, couple of weeks that were intense and extremely difficult. That Christmas and New Year period, Thomas, can you just talk us through it, what it's like then for somebody who has to sack that manager and then probably has to go back to a family life and tries to you know, be normal? Well, uh, of course, all of us who, who work in professional football, we know that these things happen uh, and we all get paid well. So it's not something that we, we, we suffer badly, but it's just emotionally, it's really, really tough for all of us. It's for, for Tim Walter, it was difficult. It was for me to obviously tell him, look, we've come to the conclusion that we want to part ways. 
um, he's got family, he's got children, you know, they see him in, in the public and to then realize after six or seven months it's, uh, you know, it's not going to continue is extremely difficult. But I also said to myself, if I want to work in this position, these things happen. And not just with a football manager, like I said earlier, you know, I've got a lot of staff and, and sometimes I have to tell members of the staff that, you know, we can't continue that way. Uh, these people have other issues, other problems um, than, than a football manager or players. Um, and that's why I'm often in that position and I have not say I have to get used to it, but it's part of the job. But this one was extremely difficult because I realized, you know, I've had a goal to work with someone long term and it didn't work. How, how long you have to think about this and, and be clear of what you want and how you deal with pressure, how you deal with uncertainty. You know, what do you do when things are going wrong in terms of the results are not going your way? Um, and I think every day I, I learn more, of course, and hopefully I'll be prepared better for the next one. Do you feel like you've had to change and had to become more of a ruthless person in this role? Well, absolutely, yeah. I, I knew that. And I think people who, who know me, they often thought, you know, he's a nice guy and, and he he's, doesn't do any harm to, to people. But you can't do that if you're in that role. You have to hurt people's feelings at times. Uh, but I think, and I always said that, that you can still be a nice person and yet make those decisions. You have to take those decisions because it's, it's for the best interest of the club. Uh, and, and everyone, as I said earlier, is, who, who willingly joins professional football knows that this, this can happen, this will eventually happen. It's just the manner in which you do it, I think, is very important. It's very important for me. And how do, do I speak to Tim during that time we work together? And, and the day I say to him, you know, it's not going to continue and, and still have that respect for each other. I think that's very, very important because we all know it happens, but how does it happen? And, and that's key for me. How do I deal with people who work for the club? Uh, and hopefully if you ask members of the staff, if you ask them how I deal with them, how I treat them, they will say, you know, he treats us with respect even though sometimes he takes difficult and, and, and hard decisions. It's a massive show of strength from you really so early in your tenure to make that big decision because from the outside looking in, I think you were third at the time when you made the change. Do you think you get more leeway because you are an icon of Stuttgart? You obviously won the Bundesliga as a player. Do you think you get, you get more leeway or, or do the fans not really treat you differently because of what you've done in the past? They, I think it was easier at the beginning uh, to, for them to see me in such a, an important role for the club to say, okay, we, we like him, we trust him, he, yeah. he, he played for us, he, he identifies himself with the club, he loves the club. Uh, that's one way. So at the beginning it's easier because they seem to uh, like me that way. But it doesn't take long as you're being judged by the results. You know? Is he good enough to take the club forward? And. Uh, after you know six months into the season, they say, "Okay, looking at the table, we're doing okay, but we, we've got the second manager now. That's not a sign of quality in, in some respect." But I say, "I want to be judged long term, of course. You know, let's wait for another four or five months. Uh, if we get promoted, then we could say, okay, 'Okay, we've done our job.' Yeah. Uh, so that's good. And I want to get that time. Uh, but unfortunately, I put." us under pressure we've put ourselves under pressure with with the second manager after you know 18 or 19 games um, that's why people gave me credit at the beginning and i think some of them of course like to see me here long term but in the end i'm being judged by results on the pitch and the way people turn to the club and, and in terms of the atmosphere i think things are, are changing or improving but it's a long way and uh, the results are always the center of it What's the general trend in Germany now? Are, are German clubs still looking at English youngsters as the, you know, the way forward? 
Uh, we are. We've we've got an English player, Nat Phillips, who who's, who's playing for us and on loan at Liverpool for a short time back again. So, which was an interesting uh, move actually. But um, it is something we look into. But more so, I think it comes from young English players who now see an opportunity in the Bundesliga yeah, because yeah. The, the 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 step to the Premier League from from academy football um, or reserve team football is quite big. So. We, what we can offer is, well, we give young players an opportunity, most German clubs do. Uh, they can play under conditions that are similar to the ones in the Premier League when it comes to the, to the atmosphere, stadiums. Uh, that's, that's great. So what they get is um, experience. Um, and also, which some might not be interested too much, but I can tell that from my own experience, living in a foreign country really helps you to mature. Uh, for those English players who came to Germany, I think most of them would say great experience. They got some, some football and ideally, of course, they get back to the Premier League and then play regularly. Uh, that's, that's the model. Uh, English players and especially their agents see that as a great opportunity. We see that young English players at the moment are ahead of German talents, not all of them of course, but yeah. the majority, you would argue that's why we do that. Um, I'd prefer to take young German talents that we produce in our own academy to throw into the first team, but if we have someone the same age from England who is just better than, than ours, then you know, in our best interest as a club we've got to take a foreign player. Um, and and that's, that's a model now that seems to work. American talents are also on the market, you know, there's when Christian Pulisic came over here to Germany, has done so well for Dortmund, that opened the market for American players. So it's so global that we must oversee the entire world when it comes to talent spotting. Is it changing, do you think, uh, in terms of where you're, you know, and where, where do you, for example, send your scouts now? Is, is it literally worldwide or are you focusing on certain markets? Um, Video scouting, very important. Right. You know, we've got to do the video scouting first because in the end we save a little bit of money. We can't send out a huge amounts of scouts around the world uh, because you save money and, and, and personnel, of course, if you, if you you know, start scout, the whole scouting process with good software identifying players via stats, then you go into video scouting. And if you say, all right, there's some players that are really worth looking at, and then we send our scouts out there. Uh, plus, of course, we keep track of the Bundesliga, second Bundesliga, uh, major tournaments, of course. But what we're trying to do is now um, use stats heavily and identify talents uh, and then do the video scouting and then in the end send scouts and I personally go to games and watch these players and start talking to them. You presumably still like to be hands-on and go and see the player live, you, that's still important for you? What's very important is talking to the player, of course watching him live, I don't always do that, uh, especially in the summer transfer window we've signed almost 20 players, you know it's impossible to watch them, yeah, yeah 18, 18 or 20 I think it was in the end, uh, so it's a huge change and you can't watch them in the summer of course. Um, that was an interesting one, but now I try to watch the player if, if I'm aware of it, if there's enough time, if the player is still playing, uh, getting game time, I'm trying to watch them, but it's, uh, you know, at least talking to the player and the agent, sometimes the families are there as well, mm. uh, to get an idea of what personalities the player have and, and does he fit into our squad, um, that's what we do. Is that just as important, the player's character, as, as, as his talent now? Because I'm, I'm hearing more and more managers and, and chief executives saying that, you know, the personality of the player is key now. They have to fit in. And just how difficult was it to piece all them players together? It must have been so hard. It's not something that I did uh, because I knew with the lack of experience I have in, in putting squads together, I need an expert on my side. So I was extremely happy when Sven Mislintat, who used to work for Dortmund and Arsenal, that he yeah. decided to join Stuttgart because he had 
many opportunities to sign for good clubs and I convinced him to, to join us because I explained to him and I didn't have to explain much, he knew who we were and that you know we are potentially a huge club and we were underachieving uh, and, and he joined us so I said look I know you've got experience, you've got expertise in, in signing players and, and, and in loaning players out, the whole system uh, and that's what I said to him, you know that's your responsibility, we talk to each other uh, but you're in the lead and, and that's what he did and I was, I was really impressed in the way he's done it uh, I learned so much from him by just looking at what he was doing of course it was a lot of change but I think it was much needed you know kind of get a younger squad together we talked to the manager I was like what do you think you need our approach was having more younger players I have really the urge to become better to eventually play in the Champions League um, and that's what we agreed on and we wanted players who prefer to pass the ball rather than win it back uh, and that's, that was the whole idea and, and now it's uh, what we're doing together but Sven is that's his, his main job to to find talent around the world and convince them and when we talk to them you say character is very important of course it is but what do you do if you have a great talent and the character is not top-notch plus you often just have one one conversation with the player how do you really find out whether the player's character is exactly what you need mm. uh, but we, we have to do our research we, you know we're profiling everything that, that goes into it we try to do as much as we can everyone's got his own network it's, it's three of us Sven myself and, and another colleague uh, we we decide on what we're doing who we bring in and when we talked to a few managers and we interviewed them and there's also three of us there because I, I do believe that we need more than just one person signing players and, and managers uh, because we go into a meeting into a conversation and all have a different approach and after the meeting we sit together like what do you think of it you know we try to test the, the person we, we give them challenges now it's like okay what would you do if this happened um, plus we, we tried to get some reference you know do we know who this person used to work with we found people uh, and everything comes in together we, you know, trying to scan them as much as we can uh, we have to be very professional I think that applies to every club you don't want to sign someone then you get rid of soon uh, it costs you a lot of money uh, yeah. and obviously that change brings in a new uh, atmosphere in, in some respect and you've got to be careful you've got to look at but I've had that experience sometimes you know you sign people and you think oh, we weren't careful enough or we didn't ask enough questions we didn't ask that part of it uh, <clears throat> but overall I'm, I'm very very happy with the people I've got here now the interview stage Thomas is it, is it do you play like good cop bad cop between the three of you <laughs> I mean what, what's your role and, and is, it, is it really intense or do you, do you really give them a good grilling is, is that how you know you like to do it we all play different roles in that yeah, I think that's yeah. that's the benefit that we have um, uh, we are different characters and I think we're we are interested in, in different uh, sort of uh, ideas and what the manager like, now we stay with the manager so I'm interested in, in his personality like Sven wants the detail football or like formation what happens how do you analyze our games and and I said uh, our other colleague Marcus um, he oversees everything and and has a third approach and that's what I'm saying we get an all-round picture which in the end should be good enough but we'll we'll see that's what we've done for the first time this sort of very professional interview situation uh, doesn't guarantee a success but I think it, it, it improves the, the probability of, of being successful and we learn every day as, as I said we'll see how uh, Pellegrino performs and, and how we all perform together. The system that we have is very good so the manager plus two other members of the supervisory board they have, have the right to ask questions 
they also have the right to ask the question, why do you bring another manager? Why do you bring this manager in? Why is he good enough for us? Why is he the right person? So we have that conversation. Um, so I'm the link between you know, the footballing department and everything that I do to the supervisory board, to the president. Uh, and, and we work together in the best interest of the club, but I do the, the uh, operations, the daily business, and he's got that control function. Um, and he's the head of the supervisory board, which is, is very important. They keep challenging us uh, yeah. in order to get better. I don't know about you, I find it really interesting because it's, just, it's yeah. just so different to yeah. England. Like, it's a different setup, isn't it? Different yeah. system to England. Hearing you talk about it, I, just can't, I can't relate to it at all because it's quite, it's quite uh, yeah. I don't know what the word is, but not stale, but you know what I mean? It just, the yeah. way it works in England, it, it's yeah. never changed. It, yeah. it is the way it is. Where Germany, it just seems so innovative and, does, I, and I like yeah. the sound of it. Do you think it's better the way they do it in Germany than in, than in England? Uh, even in, in Germany, they all do it differently, slightly differently, and that's why you can't say we do better. I mean, look at the results. The Premier League is everybody. Everybody wants to, to play the Premier League yeah. and wants to work there. Uh, so we could argue that the system in the Premier League is better. It's it's very uh, lucrative, of course, and that attracts a lot of players. But everything that's happening there is is attracting players and and, and other people to to work in the Premier League. Our system is different. We've got to be innovative, creative, of course, because we've got uh, less money to spend. Uh, some do better than others, uh, and that's why we ought to be innovative, but have to be successful. Uh, and, and that's what we've been touched on. So you say we are different. Is it better or not? Right now, it's not. But long term, I hope it is. What do you make of the modern day player then, Thomas? Is it much different to when you were as a player and your teammates that you were with? Her? I think it is, yeah. yeah. I, I think it is. Uh, you know, talking to the players and, and just watching them, how they operate is, is, is an interesting experience because I try to find out what motivates them. Um, and and it's it's not the same that it used to be. Uh, I think with social media nowadays, and, and we'll, we'll all find that, and it's not exclusive to football players. Young people want to be prominent, you know, they want to be well known, they want to have a lot of followers, they want to be a, a, attractive to a lot of people. Um, and they're just in a different mindset. I still think they, they want to be successful, but they're not adamant to work as hard. I'm amazed how few players still work harder than others to say, okay, if I want to be a top draw player, I've just got to work harder. That seems so old fashioned. <laughs> what they do is they expect the manager to come up with really good ideas, you know, great systems. If things don't work, we change the system. It's all down to the manager now. They, they, they give the responsibility to the manager. That, that's my idea. It's not like, okay, how can I improve? Did I not do well enough? You know, it's, it's my responsibility. A lot of players, and that's how they grow up because they have agents from an early age. If things get difficult, they have someone who takes care of it, okay? It's not like, I've got a problem here, I've got to solve it. Mm. I find someone who solves it for me. Um, but we'll always find great players. You know, they're the ones that stand out because they're extremely talented or they have that will to get better, that determination to be the best player they can be. Uh, but I see a lot of players who sort of you know, give responsibilities to others because from an early age they've they've been living that way. Plus, of course, you know they spend a lot of time on their phones. But we must not argue too much because I think we all do that too. Yeah, I think we all do. But do you, do you have to try and create? A, are you wanting to try and create a different culture here? Then? Do you want your players to work hard and go back to those old sort of values, or is that just too impossible to implement? 
in this modern era? There is that long-term strategy, of course, that's what I'm trying to achieve. Uh, ideally, we have uh, a huge number of academy players, Stuttgart academy players, who make it into the first team because that creates an identification from the fans. Uh, and that's the history of the club. We used to be very successful in, in you know, having these players, like Mario Gomez, who plays for us now, Semi Kedira, Bernd Leno, Joshua Kimmich, Serge Gnabry. They all used to be Kolasinac. Um, they all used to be at Stuttgart academy. And fans now say, we've all had these great players full of internationals, Champions League players, why did they leave us? Why can't we produce that again? Uh, so my big idea is getting back to that, you know, improving the the standard of, of education, the standard of, of football and, and the way we educate the players in the academy so they're good enough for the first team. If they then move on to greater things, that's fine. But the first step should be in our first team. That's the idea. It's not impossible, but it, it's a long stretch for us. It's a long way. It's a hard way. Um, and, and they have to compete as well. But I'm trying to teach them exactly that. That was my own experience. And, and, and I'm not saying that everything I did was, was great. Of course, if, if it was, I, I would have been a better player. But I've had those experiences and I want to tell those players, you know, it's down to you. You've got to re reflect yourself and, and not ask others. You know, it's not their fault, it's, it's your own fault at first and how can you improve? Um, I haven't achieved that right now, 100%, but we're getting there, I, I think. And uh, I've got to understand the players rather than they have to understand me. That's, yeah. that's the change now. We don't have that hierarchy system of like, okay, they all respect the boss and they look up to him because he was a former player. They're not wired that way. And, you know, I'm not approaching them that way and say, you know, this is what you ought to do because this is how I became a professional football player and yeah. this is how I became a full international. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm observing, but I think there is a time when I, when I, I have to talk to them um, and, and, and pass on my experiences to those who are valuable and try to help them to prevent mistakes, to make mistakes. Um, but you have to realize their closest circle of friends, uh, you can't really break into that. We have to convince them, and I think it has to be said now, and his name gets mentioned so often. Jurgen Klopp is a very good example. Uh, he convinces them, you know, they're all superstars in, in, in that team, and yet they work even harder than the other team. Yeah, you know, exactly, they do the basics right. They, they, they're not getting tired of doing the basics right. And you think, like, why, why can they play every three days, you know, and, and not looking tired and, and still willing to do the running, the hard work, and, and this is a very good example because I think the manager is just so good, he's so charismatic. That doesn't mean that we have to leave everything to the manager, but it just means you have to convince the players that they do the work for you, they love doing the work for you. This is how it works nowadays. And that's so important for a club to be successful. You have to have people in prominent positions that get the club. And obviously for, for Stuttgart, it's a great thing to have someone like you who, who gets Stuttgart and has been there and done it all. The, the club as, as a whole, the fans, they've been disillusioned somewhat. They've, they've been disappointed because they expect so much more. And winning a few games doesn't solve our problems. It, it takes more than that. We've got to have the endurance to show them that we are much better than we used to be uh, and we have to get that credibility back uh, and like I said it's not going to happen overnight and everybody has to understand that we have to work a lot harder than we used to uh, in order to get that trust back because people are very unhappy at, at the club they're still coming to games which is great they support the team uh, but it's uh, it, it takes a lot to 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 change the mentality within the club to to get people back to 
I love what I'm seeing. I really identify with this team. You know, this is my team. I love these players and I enjoy going to games. Right now, it's like, yeah, we support them, but really, if something bad happens, like, okay, that's typical for FB Stuttgart. And, and I want to change that. And like I said, it takes a long time and players must understand that. Managers, we all must understand that. Uh, it's not just about winning games. It's how we you know address the, the fans and represent the club it takes so much more and, and that's my uh, big task to, to achieve that you touched on Jürgen getting clocked back then um, Thomas is, is he seen as like the blueprints in, in Germany is he the guy that most managers aspire to be like and are that group of players at Liverpool a group of players that other clubs are hoping to sort of emulate I'm sure some managers look up to him and say you know I'd, I'd like to be as good as he is and if they don't then I think something's wrong with those people because if you don't look up to Jurgen Klopp as a manager um, and you're not willing to learn from him the way he does it you know going over to, to Liverpool and, and, and making that club successful and probably winning the Premier League for the first time in 30 years is, is a massive achievement. And I don't think you can copy him because he's just so charismatic that he's just one in a million. But he often talks about it, what he's trying to achieve. And, you know, in a way he, he tries to be humble and which is really nice because people just listen to what he says but not only football managers should look up to him I do that uh, and, and, and see like how has he achieved that he said something negative about Stuttgart recently which I didn't like yeah he said because he was, he was born in Stuttgart he said people can be a bit funny or strange and, and I thought well I just over overread that but it's it's just that because to, to, to achieve so much in, in his career, um, it's something you've got to look up to and try to learn from as, as much as possible. Not trying to copy him uh, because it's impossible, but take out the good stuff that you can use in your day-to-day -day business and in order to motivate people, to inspire them. Um, that's what I think we should do, yeah. And, and presumably you, got, you need to also have the backing and the time to do that. He's, he's clearly had that Liverpool now, hasn't he? You know, enough time. But they, they back him, they support him because he's great. You know, when they signed him, it's like, you know, this is someone worth trusting and, and supporting because we get so much back. Uh, and it, it works because I think he, he, he used to love the club as a child and, you know, it's a childhood dream to, to work for Liverpool. Uh, and, and it works together. The, the whole mentality of the city. I mean, I used to live in Liverpool myself for, for almost a year. I know how, how people are there. And, and it's they've been longing for that you know they have a manager who is passionate you know every second of his life he's passionate and that's what they want to see and i think you know they, they just can't believe what's going on right now and and i i can feel obviously what what they're going through and i think we all wish to have that as, as football fans um you know fair play to them made last very long for all the liverpool supporters and Jurgen club but it's great to observe that what's going on um and and it's something to learn from can you just tell us a bit about your life away from football now and what you see yourself doing in the future? I didn't think I would do that uh, when, I, when I retired, but um, for some reason I did go back to it. Like I said, in the first step was going into media, being a pundit, and I, I started liking it. And then I was back at, at Stuttgart and thinking uh, I can make a difference, I want to make a difference uh, because the reward is so much bigger working for a club than working for yourself in front of the camera, which was great, you know, I said I enjoyed it, but then having the opportunity to to support a club, to, to turn things around, um, bring them back to, to winning ways means so much more that now as, as 
you all can imagine in, in my role as CEO, there is no time outside of football. Uh, and I don't need it as much. I mean, occasionally I think I could take with a, with a few days off, but I love what I'm doing. Uh, it's, it's a big task and, and, and therefore I know that there will be life after football, there will be life after Stuttgart somehow. Uh, and I'm not worried about that. You know, if, if somebody says, you know, your time's up here, I will continue to have a good life, I'm pretty sure. Uh, there will be options, that gives me confidence, that gives me kind of inner peace to say, I can do the best here. If it's not good enough, life will continue. I've been there before and, and, and that helps me to sort of calm down and, and absorb the pressure that's sometimes there. Um, I, I try to do the best every day, you'll be at 100% and if it's not good enough, then there will be other options. But to be perfectly honest, I wanna work for this club for a very long time, uh, that means I'm, I'm doing a good job so that's the ambition because I've known you a long time and you're a smart guy I would have said you could probably go and do anything be a manager be a coach I probably wouldn't have guessed CEO <laughs> to be honest would you ever consider coming back to Villa in some capacity is, it, is that an ambition that you have or are you just focusing on the here and now with Stuttgart I mean, I follow the, the club's progress. Um, I still keep an eye on the results. I don't have enough time to watch the games, no. unfortunately. The first step is going back and watch a game live, you know, at yeah. Villa Park. Uh, I'll be trying to get you there for a while. No, I know you have been, and, and I'm really sorry. The, the only uh, uh, opportunity I had was going to Wembley, the, yeah. uh, the, the game against Fulham that we lost. But uh, I think about it occasionally, thinking, but the Premier League is so different. English football is different. I, I right now don't know enough because it's, it's a tough business. Um, but it's in the back of my mind, of course. Uh, right now, it's, it's far away. Uh, but like I said, the first step is just go and watch a, a live game. I've seen former players, guys I used to play uh, with, they, they went back and got great reception Anything. Uh, I just want to meet some people and, and get the atmosphere again. Uh, going to, to be at Villa Park would be great experience again. To work for the club, um, I mean, why not? In football, you can't rule out anything. It's not something that I dream about every night. Um, but if it happens, great, you know, but it's not on my list because I have so much work to do for Stucker. And I think if, if, if I'm successful, then you may want me. If I'm not successful, maybe people say like, we don't want him back anymore. Just pay for your ticket, watch a game and then go home again. You've been a long time retired, but you're still so young. You mean, you've got plenty of time left in your career to do what you want. So best of luck to you and, and thanks ever so much for talking to us. Thank you. Cheers.